1: Welcome to NFL Live. We have Keyshawn Johnson. Also, Mina Kimes joining us. There's Adam Schefter. I am Field Yates, and we're going to get right to the biggest news of the day. It surrounds Deshaun Watson settling a suspension with the NFL. Adam Schefter, how do we get here, and what do we know?
2: Well, Field, the two sides reached a settlement today that will mean that Deshaun Watson is suspended for 11 games. Mm. He will have to pay a $5 million fine, and what I believe is very important to the national football league, he will need to get – evaluated, and get treated to get the help that the NFL think that he needs. And part of that treatment is taking accountability of his behavior. And shortly after the settlement was announced today, Deshaun Watson came out and maintained his innocence and said he stands on his innocence. And I think some people are having a hard time making the two things fit together. But he has to comply with the evaluation and treatment recommendations to be reinstated by the NFL, and if he doesn't, then further action can be taken. He might not be reinstated, and further discipline can be implemented. There is the details of the settlement. There is the treatment that we talked about, and, oh, by the way, he is eligible right now, assuming that he does go through the evaluation and treatment in a satisfactory way to the National Football League. He is eligible to return week 13 at Houston though he can resume practicing in week 11. Yeah,
1: file that under things you just can't make up and you reference some of the Deshaun Watson sound. Let's take a listen to what Deshaun Watson had to say to the media just a few hours ago.
3: First off, I want to say, uh, you know, I'm very grateful for the NFL and the NFLPA um, for this disciplinary uh, process to be, you know, to a close and to an ending and have some clarity. and I'm looking forward to just moving forward with my career and uh, being able to get back on the field as soon as possible. But um, yeah, that's, that's the plan is to continue to grow as a person and individual and keep pushing forward.
4: Deshawn, why did you wait so long until after the, uh, uh, to, to, to apologize for what you did?
3: Uh, well, I've, I, I apologize beforehand. I think the second time I spoke to you guys, I actually apologized. But I think for some people, it didn't uh, maybe register as I, as I was apologizing. But you know, I just want to clarify, you know, I was apologizing to all women and people that was affected about this situation because it's, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely a tough situation.
5: What are you apologizing?
3: For everyone that was affected about this situation. There was a lot of people that was triggered. But not the women? that accused you of this? I've apologized to all women. So anybody that was affected, even yourself, every everything. So I'm apologizing to everyone that was affected about this whole situation.
4: Do you think if you maintain your innocence, is this punishment unfair?
3: Uh, I can't speak on the, the fairness. I, I only can really control what I can control. And that's, you know, through, throughout this process, you know, the NFL did what they had to do and the uh, NFLPA, you know, communicated with the legal side. Like I said before, I focused on, you know, being out here, being the best teammate and football player and quarterback I can for the Cleveland Browns. And then I let the legal side handle this. But still, you must have an opinion on whether it was fair or not. Uh, of course, everyone has their own opinion. But I think, you know, for my piece and my sake, I'm going to keep my opinion to myself. You
6: still maintain complete innocence, never did anything wrong to disrespect anyone and you've settled the suits and agreed to this punishment more to move on with your career,
7: with your life and that kind of thing. Is that accurate?
3: Yeah, I'm moving, I'm moving on with my career with my life, and I'm continuing to stand on my innocence. Just because, you know, settlements and things like that happen doesn't mean that a person is, is guilty for anything. I feel like a person has the opportunity to stand on his innocence and prove that, and we prove that on the legal side, and we're just going to continue to push forward as an individual and as a person.
1: Certainly lost loss to digest there. Mina, what was your reaction watching Deshaun address the media?
0: It's hard not to see the juxtaposition between, um, you know, Watson's statement saying he's uh, going to be accountable for what happened, the NFL coming out, the Browns saying he's expressed remorse, his remarks uh, last week expressing some contrition, and then what you saw there, which is his stance that he did nothing wrong, which comes across as unapologetic. It's hard not to see that and feel like, the NFL didn't get played. Um, You know, he did apologize to those who were triggered. That's not actually an apology, frankly. Um, It is, however, the same language that the Browns used a few weeks ago, Dee and Jimmy Haslam, in response to the initial suspension. We apologize to anyone who's triggered, to the women involved, to anyone impacted. You'll note the passive language there, which invites questions like Mm -hmm. triggered by what, impacted how, involved in what way. I think the lack of specifics is, frankly, quite telling and, for me, at least, reflects why so many people are frustrated by this suspension. The $5 million is fine, which is, of course, a fraction of what Deshaun Watson earned. And you can't help but feel like accountability remains elusive.
5: Key, what do you make of what he had to say today? It's simple for me in, in this situation. Everybody apologizes differently, mm-hmm. OK? Do I think he's remorseful in the situation that he got himself caught up in? Probably so, but he doesn't know how to express that. When you're in front of people and they're asking you questions, he's tippy around it because he doesn't want to say the wrong thing. Because if he says the wrong thing, imagine what is getting ready to happen to him and what ha- has happened to him already in terms of suspension. The suspension is light to me. It, it really yeah. is. Because if I was the individual, Adam, that had to lay down the suspension, he would get a full year. Don't want to hear anything else. He's done for a whole year. Okay. And I'm going to take, like Mina said, the economics of it was short. Five million dollars is a drop in the bucket. I don't care about what he, the settlement part of it is because we'll never know that. But the fi- we know about the five million. Yeah. I would take the top because we we would consider if he was healthy and fully, he's probably a top five quarterback. I'm gonna take the top five averages of those salaries, which is probably what forty million plus dollars. Yeah, and that's That's what I'm gonna hit his pocket for. I'm gonna hit his pocket for forty plus million dollars, and he's missing the entire year. See me in 2023. Look, I think nobody,
2: nobody is really particularly thrilled with the outcome of this. Deshaun Watson had other options. He could have waited for the designee's decision from Peter Harvey. Right. Although I think there are people who believe it would have been longer than 11 games. And if it were longer than 11 games, then the NFLPA could have gone to court. And now the NFL has this entire situation that has essentially shadowed the NFL for the last two years. Do you think the NFL wants that going on during this season? It's the National Football League. And so it wants to get back to that. And that is the situation there. So... The settlement was a compromise that all sides could live with as unhappy as each were with it in the end. And I come back to the NFL getting a couple of those conditions that the league felt was important that were reinforced when Deshaun Watson spoke the way he did, that the NFL felt like it was a victory for the league to make sure that he gets evaluation and treatment because he's still talking. In the way that he did, and he did stand on his innocence, as he said, time and time again.
0: Look, well, if the NFL didn't want this to, you know, turn into a circus or drag on or, you know, return, I guess, as a storyline throughout the season, why is he coming back to play the Texans? Mm. I can't be the only person who had that gutter reaction, uh, just seeing the news that that is his first game back. It's going to be an absolute circus. Um, Uh, Frankly, it feels like something that the NFL should have avoided. And my only hope, by the way, is that when he does return, that when it's spoken about and by us, the media, announcers in the game, everyone in and around this, that it is treated not as some sort of revenge game or redemption story or anything like that. That, uh, you know, we talk about Deshaun Watson coming back after playing, after missing so many games, uh, and, and actually say why he missed all of these games, why he was suspended for these allegations of sexual misconduct.
1: Mina, it's frankly stunning that the 11 games was the number the NFL agreed to settle on. And understanding, of course, that Deshaun Watson is the person who is at the center of this entire situation,
2: I just can't fathom that week 13 seems like a reasonable time for him to return. You know, the odd part about it is is that during settlement discussions that had occurred, the NFL was adamant at that time that he not play in that game against the Texans. Now, in the end, how so
5: why, to so we, why did, yeah, how did it get there, did Adam? I, I, I'm I sure the I, league in, in would the
3: end,
1: say it. 11 is more than six, so it's a harsher punishment. Okay, but so then – so, I'm so, with you.
7: I so can't believe 12, it. So go, go to 12, then. But, but go again, to
5: 12. But, again, Deshaun felt six was unfair. Well, five. Yeah, but then but then it's somebody's duty, and I don't know who the somebody yeah. is, Adam, in the league office as well as the NFLPA to step, take a step back and say, you know what, wait a minute. We probably don't want him playing in this Houston Texans game because of everything that has come about. It's somebody's duty. Somebody dropped the ball on that one. And it took me a a minute to get there because in our pre-production meeting field, I was kind of like, okay, I get it. But then I took a minute as I was driving up, I said that was the wrong thing to do is have him playing a Texan game.
1: But I don't want to stray too far from the sun because, of course, it's Deshaun Watson who is the reason why we are here. And we're going to get to Jake Trotter in just a moment. But I'm having a hard time not thinking this is that we have realized over the past six days that there are almost two different Deshaun Watsons we are hearing from right now. There's press release version of Deshaun Watson when his words are written out, sent via Twitter, and seem very calculated and measured. And then there's the Deshaun Watson that we see when he's in front of a microphone which feel like two entirely different voices, and as Mina said, sending very mixed messages. But time now for us to welcome in Jake Trotter, who has been covering the Browns in this entire situation all day, as he does for us every day at ESPN. And Jake, take us inside of what the mood was at that press conference earlier today.
8: Yeah, Field, so this is the day that Browns organization, Browns fan base has been looking for, toward for weeks, for months, basically since the trade. How many games would Deshaun... Watson would miss, and we got a little bit of a resolution today on that front, but we also came away with a lot of questions as well. On the one hand, you have Watson saying that I'm innocent, I didn't do anything wrong, tripling down on what he said previously this offseason. And then, and then on the other, you have Jimmy and D Haslam, the owner, saying that you know Watson's going to undergo counseling and maybe he'll view this differently down the line after months of working on that. Uh, on the field, you've got Jacoby Brissett, who they say – uh, right now, is going to be the quarterback. On the other, will they consider other options at the position? I was told uh, before this week that if the suspension was elevated, that that might be something they'd look at, a Jimmy Garoppolo, for example. So, uh, a lot of questions that we haven't heard from the players, we haven't heard from the fans here as well. One thing we do know Jimmy Haslam made it clear today he believes in second chances. He wanted to give Deshaun Watson a second chance. And when Deshaun comes back after the 11 game suspension, he is going to be the face of this franchise for years to come.
1: Jake, thank you. You know, it's been a busy day out there in Cleveland. We appreciate all your coverage.
6: What if in 2024, you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza, better because it has to be.
1: Ah, you love to hear that sound and see that sight. It means football is back, and tonight there's an important preseason game with the Bears and Seahawks facing off in Seattle. Monday Night Countdown kicks us off at 7 p.m., and the game follows that at 8 p.m. right here on ESPN at 8 PM. So you know some of the particulars involved as Drew Locke and Geno Smith continue to battle for the starting quarterback job in Seattle. Note Drew Locke tonight he tested positive for COVID-19. Justin Fields expected to suit up for Chicago. He played three series in last week's season opener and was sacked twice. For more on those storylines, we welcome in Dan Orlovsky and Laura Rutledge. I'm borrowing her chair for the day. They're gonna be broadcasting the game tonight. Laura, take it away.
9: Thanks so much, Field. And yeah, so much to talk about here, Dan, as we've been embedded with both these teams and the Bears and the Seahawks for the past few days. But you just heard Field illustrating the situation at quarterback. Drew Locke was scheduled to be the starter in this game. That was the plan all along for the Seahawks. Then he tests positive for COVID. So now Geno Smith. Let's start with how this affects Geno's chances to become the starter with the unfortunate situation around Drew Locke.
10: Yeah, Drew's misfortune becomes Geno's really huge opportunity. You know, yeah. Pete Carroll said that Gino was the starting quarterback in the offseason because he had been here. And then Drew Locke had caught him, so to speak, over the past couple weeks. And if you go back to preseason game one, Gino ran the offense better. He understood the protections better. And I think if Gino comes out tonight, let's play three or four series. They score 10, 13 points. He's really clean with the football. They run it again this week like they did last week. You'd have to sit back and go, this guy's getting our offense to be run the, the exact way Pete Carroll and Shane Waldron, their offensive coordinator, want. So I think it's a huge opportunity for him to kind of step forward and say I've done enough, no one's taken my job, I'll be the starter.
9: Yeah, to dive in a little bit more on the particulars here too, one unique situation for this Seattle offense is they've got two rookie tackles, yep. in Charles Cross and Abraham Lucas. And so when you think about it from that standpoint, and maybe you look forward to preseason game three, you hope that Drew Locke's available for that game against the Cowboys, but if you're Seattle and you're trying to figure out who your starter is, how Argentina. do you manage it? Yeah,
10: I think the reality is they're they're going to more than likely start Charles Cross from Mississippi State at left tackle, and then Abraham Lucas, their third round pick from pick from Washington State at right tackle. If you have two rookie tackles starting in the NFL, you want the ten year veteran Geno Smith who has seen everything, understands communication. Being at home, on the road, he can get those guys calm. Instead of Drew Locke, who's only been here six months or so, he's learning a new offense himself. So I think the youth of their offensive line plays into Gino playing as well. I'd also say this. We were at practice Tuesday. Gino threw the absolute tar out of the football. He looked great. And I can't get past one play where Gino throws a touchdown in the red zone to Penny Hart and within two or three seconds both dk metcalf and tyler lockett are there congratulating him and and kind of loving on him and it in that moment i looked at it and said it feels like those guys want Geno Smith to be their starting quarterback as well.
9: Yeah, it was interesting seeing that with our own eyes, just watching the way that the rest of the Seahawks players, even the defense at times, responds to Geno Smith and knowing that he is a veteran leader his 10th season in the NFL. He talked to us a lot about that and how much this opportunity means to him, his best chance he's had yet to actually be a starter for a team. And it was interesting to
10: hear him say the reality is if those both rookie tackles play well, with the talent they have on the outside and their draft pick of Walker at tailback, he only needs to be a small part of the puzzle. And that's kind of a a reassuring feeling for him to know I've got to be really good intellectually, which he is. i got to be calm in the pocket and just throw the ball to the guy that gets open. The simplicity of that, I think he's like ready to step into that role because he's never really had that opportunity. And I think that's a really empowering thing for him. Um, I also believe this. Pete Carroll used the phrase, you know, we're at a point where we don't want the quarterback to be the whole picture. Hmm. And I think that's very telling for what they want out of that position, that they don't want a guy that – believes or tries to be that Superman type of player. They want a person that is going to be very simplified with their reads, play in the timing and the rhythm of their offense that they felt they didn't have last year, and um, just be one of the 11 on the field.
9: Yeah. He also said that when they've had success, this is a storied franchise, a lot of times it's been a situation where the quarterback wasn't the whole picture. You think yeah. about some great defenses. And if you're thinking, was that a slight to Russell Wilson? I don't think so, but I will say we got the impression, and they said this to us many times, this is about moving forward. This is about attacking the next phase of what the Seattle Seahawks look like without Russell Wilson and Bobby Wagner. And interestingly enough, saying that without those two really dominant voices as a part of this team, it's given other guys a chance to stand up and to talk and to be heard. Uh, Pete Carroll saying, He wants each player to truly be who they are, and he's embracing their unique qualities. We saw a lot of that with some of those guys stepping up, some leaders like D.K. Metcalf really rising to the challenge, Jamal Adams, amongst others, too.
10: Yeah, I think that Pete Carroll realized that when they were at their absolute best, their peak, it was the football team. It wasn't, hey, we just had a dominant pass game. They ran the football well. They were great in turnover margin. They played phenomenal defense. They had a really good kicking game. And I asked him, I said, well, well, coach, like, how do you do that in a new era, so to speak? And he was like, my philosophies don't change, just the players do. Hmm. And I think that Jordan Brooks, their linebacker, stepping into his third year, said it best when he said it's just a fresh start. And that doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing. And we talked about this. It feels like in Seattle they're running towards change than from it, you know, and, and kind of embracing this new era, respecting of the past, but embracing what this football team can be not only this year, but heading into the future.
9: By the way, you will see DK Metcalf play for the first time in the preseason tonight in front of this home crowd. Uh, It will be the only preseason game that's here in Lumen Field, so we expect a lot of Seahawks fans to be out here. And, of course, we'll get into the Bears side of things the next time you see us. There's a lot to talk about there with Justin Fields and company, and we'll give you a lot of information there as well. For now, we go back to Field and the guys. And, by the way, it's this guy's birthday. We'll get into that a little bit more later, too. He's really old and enjoying his birthday do it, in the place that Don't he wants it, to be more than anything else other than being with his family. You love being at the ballpark, Dan. I
1: no, nothing better than turning 50 in Seattle on a game day, Laura. And by the way, I'm not letting this one sneak away
10: from that. But they always
1: say the crowd noise in Seattle is some of the loudest in the NFL. It is showing that it is already in mid-season form during your guys' segment. A great job by both of you, as always, powering through. More from Dan and Laura in just a little bit. The NFL and NFLPA reached an agreement to settle the Deshaun Watson disciplinary matter today as the Browns quarterback has now been suspended for the first 11 games of the 2022 regular season and will pay a fine of $5 million. Both Watson and team owner Jimmy Haslam addressed the decision earlier today.
6: You still maintain complete innocence, never did anything wrong to disrespect anyone and you settled the suits and agreed to this punishment more to move on with your career with your life
7: and that kind of
3: thing. Is that accurate? Yeah I'm moving I'm moving on with my career with my life and I'm continuing to stand on my innocence just because you know settlements and things like that happen doesn't mean that a person is, is guilty for anything. I feel like a person has the opportunity to stand on his innocence and prove that and we prove that on the legal side and we're just going to continue to push forward as an individual and as a person.
11: People deserve second chances, okay? I really think that. And I, I, I struggle a little bit. Is, is he never supposed to play again? Is he never supposed to be part of society? Does he get no chance to rehabilitate himself? And that's what we're going to do, okay? And you could say, well, that's because he's a star quarterback. Well, of course. But <laughs> if he was Joe Smith, he wouldn't be... On the headlines every day. So we think people deserve a second chance. We gave Kareem Hunt a second chance, okay? And that's worked out pretty well, okay? We're hoping this will work out and we have strong belief it will. That doesn't mean we don't have empathy for people affected and we will continue to do so. But we strongly believe, strongly believe people deserve a second chance. We believe Deshaun Watson deserves a second chance.
1: All right, so Mina, you heard uh, Brown's owner Jimmy Haslam there. How do you think that he and Dehaslam have handled this situation from really the beginning of it.
0: Well, I think this has been one of the more cynical episodes in recent NFL history, candidly, beginning with their decision to, of course, give Sean Watson $230 million in guaranteed money, the most guaranteed money ever given to an NFL player. And, and that's why I take issue with what he said there. You know, he says, well, people deserve second chances. And I think Most people see the truth in that and understand it. But there's a difference between the concept of giving someone a second chance and giving them a reward of that magnitude. And that is what people take issue with here. It's not the notion, oh, Deshaun Watson never deserves to work again or be a part of society. It's the idea that you have decided to make him the face of the franchise. And that you, Jimmy Haslam in this case, has come out today and said, he's been remorseful around us every day. It's hard to square that with what we saw from Deshaun Watson today. Look, the Browns weren't the only team interested in signing Watson, it's important to stay. There were a lot of other teams, the Falcons, the Panthers, the Saints all in the race for him, but ultimately they did make the decision to pay him. They have made the decision to stand by him. And they've made the decision to make comments like the ones that Jimmy Haslam made today. And they shouldn't be surprised if a lot of people are upset by it because frankly, this is quite upsetting.
5: I don't even know how to follow up, Mina, with that one, right? Mm -hmm. The reality of it is he can play football, okay? Just like Jimmy Hazard said, he is the star quarterback. And we've seen in this league, and Adam and, and Phil, you've covered this league and so has Mina. There have been people that have done egregious things. There have been people that has played when they've been on trial for murder, okay? And they've gotten off and they wind up playing. So I'm not shocked by the fact that they would give him or call it a second chance. And I'm not shocked that his... Representatives will go in there and negotiate a contract that will give him $230 million of guaranteed money. I'm not shocked at all. They're taking advantage of the situation. So I understand people are going to be mad at the Cleveland Browns for this because that's the world we live in. There have been guys, and I'll say it again, in this league that have done things and got second and third chances. There have been owners in the league that have done things and still own their teams. Mm. So – it is what it is as far as that goes. And, yes, he deserves to be rehabilitated and all those sort of things. I just question the fact that you're using certain words as rehabilitation. If he didn't do anything, then he shouldn't need to be rehabilitated. That's what, that, that sort of stuff makes me struggle. And the Browns, really,
2: their desperation has been evident throughout this in the manner in which they pursued Deshaun Watson in mm-hmm. the contract that they gave to him. Don't forget that they pushed back money – and are paying him a minimal amount this year so that the 11-game suspension will wind up costing Deshaun Watson $632,500. So that's what he will lose in wages this year, $632,500. And the Browns created that, and they doubled down on it today by saying if they had to do it all over again, they, in Jimmy Hasma's words, would absolutely do it again, which, again, speaks to how desperate they've been as a franchise to try to get a quarterback as talented as Deshaun Watson, no matter what has happened around and,
5: him. And it all boils down to, Mina, as you know, winning, right? If he go, whenever he gets on the field, mm-hmm. if he produces and he wins games, next year we'll be frowning up at it, but we'll be talking about how he's a top four quarterback. They got it right. And the year after the year, they betting on something right. is what they're doing. They're betting.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. Or, me, key, and I think it's incumbent upon all of us when we do talk about him as a football player to not conflate what he does on the football field some point with who he is as a person, the work that he is supposed to be doing off the field that has nothing to do with his performance. And at some point when those two things do intersect, whether it's us talking about it on shows like this or commenting on it in games, we need to make sure those two things are separate. And, and just one other thought on the Haslam's, I, I, Adam, I think you're 100% correct in saying this clearly came from a place of desperation. That's mm-hmm. why they gave him that contract. I think what's so striking today, or I guess what is rubbing a lot of people the wrong way is how disingenuous some of the comments come across as, um, you know, I mentioned Jimmy Haslam's comments, Dee Haslam today said, you know, he's still growing as a person. He's 26 years old. 26 years old is yeah. an adult. I I just don't know how you can come out and say something like that and expect people not to take issue with it. I understand that they're trying to find a way to justify their decision that's separate from just saying what we all know to be true, which is he is extremely good at football, though Jimmy Heslam did say that as well. (laughs) But comments like that just don't land the right way because there's obviously no truth behind them.
1: Not only that, again, it just continues to be difficult to square this very fundamental fact. Two people standing next to each other, a quarterback saying he maintains his innocence and accepts no wrongdoing. The league and the Browns themselves donating $1 million today right. to help those who have been impacted by sexual misconduct. It's a difficult thing to square when you see two messages being sent the exact same time. Robert Half research
10: indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and
6: creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify?
1: Ah, God, you love to hear that music. It means football is back. And tonight there's an important preseason game with the Bears and Seahawks facing off in Seattle. It's Monday Countdown on a Thursday. That's at 7 p.m. The game follows that at 8 p.m. right here on ESPN. Pro Shop jerseys are available for purchase. Beautiful Lumen Field, one of my favorite spots in the NFL. Justin Fields will be there. He had a difficult rookie season last year, ranked last in total QBR. really wasn't his fault entirely as he was under pressure on 36% of his dropbacks, the second highest rate in the NFL. But Fields gets a fresh start with the new coaching staff. And with that, we head back out where we find Laura Rutledge and the birthday boy, Dan Orlovsky, will be a part of the broadcast tonight. Laura, take it away. <laughs>
9: Yeah, Field, you brought up a really important point there, the fresh start for the Chicago Bears overall, but specifically for Justin Fields with the new coaching staff and you think about new offensive coordinator, new head coach. Dan, you saw him in the first preseason game. What do you need to see from Fields specifically tonight to show some improvements? Yeah,
10: before that, I'm trying to figure out how you got to eye level with me. I'm really tall. TV magic. Um, I would say this. Tonight I'm going to look at Justin Fields' shoulders. And if everybody at home pretends that they're on the line of scrimmage, I really want to see his front shoulder, his left shoulder, stay perpendicular to line of scrimmage. It's really moving in the pocket, and that's what he's really got to grow at, and that's what Luke Getze, their offensive coordinator, wants out of him. Keep those shoulders pointing downfield perpendicular and move where the pocket is created, because sometimes when he feels a little color or pressure, he turns his shoulders parallel to line of scrimmage. Now he becomes a runner, and I think the, the easiest way to say it is move in the pocket rather than leave the pocket and it's a very difficult situation for the young player because you're sitting there going, Justin, hang in the pocket trust the protection, and he's going the, the offensive line is not good enough for me to get to that point and so it's the challenge for him of building the good habit, the winning habit mm-hmm. of playing quarterback in the NFL while also battling the competitiveness of it's third and seven and I know if I run for it, I'll get the first down but that's not maybe the best for me long term so I'll pay attention to his short- tonight and the consistency of that left shoulder staying perpendicular to the line of scrimmage.
9: GM Ryan Poles, as well as Matt Eberflus, the head coach, acknowledged to us that the offensive line needs to improve, right? Sure. And they do need to make this team better. We'll get to that in just a bit. But one of the things that was interesting from Luke Getzey is talking about making Justin Fields more process-oriented in this offense, understanding the how and the why, the intent of each play call, and seeing some improvements there when it comes to identifying protection, things that he can do. Sure. Even said that Justin Justin Fields is one of the best play callers that the he's best. been around. Yes, yeah, He said right. the best
10: when it comes to, you know, Justin, the play is 15, 16, 17 words long that Justin can reiterate or give him that whole phrasing back immediately and he it's a little bit of that that work ethic that they've been so impressed with i I think ryan post because i asked you know where where does justin fit when it comes to this offensive scheme and was he part of the reason why you chose to become the general manager in chicago and he said he's one of the main reasons and then the, the the fitting into the scheme is They want to get Justin on the move way more than that he was in the past. They want to allow him to be at the line of scrimmage, and that's part of the the Lucas Patrick addition at center, The, the ownership of the line of scrimmage, being able to change protections, and they want to make sure that they can push the ball downfield aggressively. He even said... Get a big body receiver for him to throw the ball to downfield.
9: Yeah, keep an eye on that. Ryan Poles did tell us this team in two weeks may not look exactly how it looks tonight. Of course, you would expect that as rosters are finalized and cuts are made. As you can see, Dan, they got a birthday party going on for you in here. And we thought to celebrate your birthday, we would put up a nice throwback photo. So I think they're going to uh, throw that up on the screen. Dan, <laughs> what's going on there? It, it almost looks like number the seven looks
10: like a B.A.
9: Yeah, or maybe the top part guy. of your body is like that's, different that's one
10: from. Of, that's one of my childhood Ooh. best friends. number 3 Tom wood, oh, three-time All-Stater, and then our middle linebacker Helio Romulet. That was a 12 and 0 state championship I football team. Sure I think your head's real Dan.
9: proportionate to your body.
1: I, <laughs> at the did I look? Did you? Did, did I play linebacker? No. Oh, Dan no. got stuck in New shoulder pads for the day. Huh? That's what it is. I get it, Dan. <laughs> find me, find Dan, me a worse a haircut head, than that. Dan. Find me a
10: worse haircut. Yeah, can we zoom
9: in on the hair? Anyway, uh, you've had a glow up. Happy birthday. We'll see you on the broadcast tonight right here on ESPN. Some really interesting things to watch out for here at Lumen Field as the Seahawks and the Bears battle it out in the preseason. You guys enjoy the rest of NFL Live. We sure will,
1: Laura, although I'm not sure anything will be better than that photo of Dan Orlovsky. We love you, Dan. Happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Looking I remember forward that. to watching you guys I tonight. That. I know you will. All right, let's move forward to more Seahawks talk. There you see the Seahawks Pro Shop today. How about that? 50% off new Markdowns, Russell Wilson <laughs> jerseys. Apparently, they are not flying off the racks anymore in Seattle. And of course, Russell Wilson will be back in week one to play against them. But Shefty caught up with Pete Carroll and what that return will feel like in the Pacific Northwest.
9: Russell Wilson, new Broncos quarterback, returning to Seattle for the first Monday Night Football game of the season. Monday Night
2: Opener, State of the Seahawks, Monday Night Football will be there. What will be going through your mind as you're standing on one side of the line, the Broncos and Russell Wilson are standing on the other?
11: It's, ball game. it's championship ball game time. That's all. There ain't no different than that. I won't make it one bit different. I won't talk one bit different. It's no different than any other game we play. It's the biggest game in the world. And we're going to do everything we can to win it. And that's, that's how we do. We practice learning how to concentrate and focus in that manner. So every game, no matter what the situation is, is of the same import. And uh, we're practicing like it's the championship of the championship. It'll be a blast. Our fans are going to go crazy. It's going to be as fun as you can get. Uh, opened up the season on Monday night. It's great stuff. Does
2: one side have an advantage, him knowing the way that you like to attack, you knowing the way that he likes to attack? We'll find out. We have your first preseason game Thursday night. What are we looking for to your team in that preseason game, the rest of the, this preseason, going
11: into the regular season? Yeah, well, it's a, it's, it's an unusual situation to play on a Thursday night in preseason. It's not great for camp purposes, but it's good for us to practice the rhythm of a game coming up in, in, in hurried fashion, you know, because what's going to happen during the year. So we'll try to maximize that process of how how you get ready in, 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 in a short schedule. And then, uh, you know, we'll, we're going to try to light it up and have a blast playing ball.
1: Pete Carroll, endless energy. What else did you learn about him when you were spending time together, Shefty?
2: What was amazing was he invited me into the meetings for the morning, yeah. and the amount of energy and positivity in that room was off the charts. And I turned to somebody there, and I said, is it like this all the time? And he said, every minute of every day is just like this. I was tired <laughs> just being around there, and I was amazed at how upbeat, how enthusiastic, how – Positive. The whole vibe there was incredible. I don't want to feel
1: as good at 40 as Pete does at 70. The guy is just <laughs> incredible. But key, let's focus <laughs> on the quarterback tonight. It's a big opportunity for Geno Smith with Drew Lock unavailable due to COVID-19. What's the most important thing you're looking for out of Geno?
5: Well, number one, don't try to be Russell Wilson. Right? Mm-hmm. Don't just just be yourself. Take opportunity. Take this opportunity. Drew Lock is not there, as you mentioned. I don't know if everybody's going to play in this game, but you got weapons. You got Metcalf, and you got. Tyler Lockett, you have some pieces in play. Well, things that I want to see him, get the team in the red zone. Capitalize on those things. The two or three series that you will play, let's see if you can put some points on the board. Because this is a huge opportunity yeah. for him to be able to separate himself when Drew Lock comes back. They want, in Seattle, believe it or not, they want Geno Smith to be the starter. Hmm. They, they want to hand it to him, yep. but he's got to take it. He's got, to, he's got to finally take it. He hasn't been a real starting quarterback since his New York Jet days. so we'll see. We shall see indeed. Mina, we're going to ask you about
1: the Bears actually in this instance. And what are you watching for with Justin hmm. Fields in year two with a brand new coaching staff?
0: Well, I thought Dan nailed it when he talked about Fields being deliberate when he leaves the pocket. And when he is in the pocket, what I want to see is improved protection um, it seems at this point, likely, that the Bears are going to roll out a rookie left tackle, Braxton Jones, who you yeah. saw some of last week against Kansas City. Um, you know, I thought he had some ups and downs in that game. You want to see some improvement from him. Manning the left side of that line. Sounds like Larry Borum, who did play last year, will be at right tackle with Riley Reef out. And they've moved Kevin Jenkins who was their first-round draft pick last year, to the inside. So I'll be watching that Bears offensive line closely because more likely than not, we're going to see a lot of these players protecting Justin Fields in the regular season. And of course, we know how much of that issue was how much of an issue that was for the Bears last season and how much uh, pressure he was under throughout most of his games.
1: Yeah, certainly a critical year of evaluation for Justin Fields, who is playing in a new system, but perhaps the stability of this coaching staff breathes some life into this offense. Again, the game tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN.
6: Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
1: Welcome to Lumen Field. Justin Fields, Bears quarterback. They'll play tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN. Once more, our top story of the day is the NFLPA and the NFL reached a settlement on Deshaun Watson's punishment as the Browns quarterback will be suspended for the first 11 games of the season and pay a $5 million fine. Both Watson and general manager Andrew Berry addressed the
4: media earlier today. Take a listen.
7: Would you make the same deal today, and if so, why?
4: Yeah, I'll take that one. Yes, we would. And we mentioned at the time that Um, You know, our process was thorough, we felt like we made an informed decision, Um, understand why others may not have made the same decision that that we did, Um, but we do believe that Deshaun has strong positive qualities and we do think that, um, you know, he's done everything in his power to integrate himself with our team, done everything that we've asked and we do believe that um, as he goes through the self-improvement and self-growth process, that he has the opportunity to make a strong and positive contribution to our team and our organization. Are you okay at quarterback? And would you, Are you open to getting help there if you didn't see it fit with a very competitive team? Yeah, Jim, uh, number one, we brought in Jacoby. We feel very good about Jacoby. We like what we've seen throughout the spring. We like what we've seen throughout the summer. Um, so we have a high degree of confidence in him, um, you know, no different than any other position on the roster. We'll continue to evaluate our team you know, over the course of camp, but really pleased with Jacoby. All right. So first of all, not losing sight of the fact that the
1: most important situation, most important aspect of this situation is not the football field. But Mina, as the Browns approach the next steps on the field, how should they go about this? Do you believe that Jacoby Brissett should be the answer for the first 11 games?
0: Well, given the length of the suspension, um, I suspect the Browns are going to be evaluating other options. Um, You know, Jimmy Garoppolo is, of course, the name that comes up time and time again when it comes to this team. The fact that we know the San Francisco 49ers do want to move on from him. Also, the fact that uh, from a football perspective, he is a pretty natural fit for the Browns offense, which shares a lot of similarities to what he did with the San Francisco 49ers in terms of that outside zone run game, a lot of play action. It makes a lot of sense, Field. Although you know he is under contract for about twenty-five million dollars or so with San Francisco, so I think there'd be the question of how much of that uh, Cleveland would be willing to absorb, what they would actually be willing to give up, knowing that more likely than not San Francisco is going to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo. But I will say this, setting aside the football standpoint, after eleven games, Jimmy or me, Deshaun Watson is going to come back to this football team and. Candidly, I, I do think it might be a bit awkward if Jimmy Garoppolo plays good football with them for the first 11 games of the season, which I think he's perfectly capable of, um, especially given everything surrounding Watson right now.
5: You don't mean I think they just sit tight, sit right there. Jacoby Brissett. we've never seen Jacoby Brissett with this type of football team mm. that roster is probably one of the top three or four rosters top to bottom in a National Football League we've never seen Jacoby Brissett in this position they can run the football they got Amari Cooper on the perimeter they got some young ta- other talented receiver position we know what the defense looks like there's no need to go get Jimmy Garoppolo you go and you acquire Jimmy Garoppolo what does that do what does that what type of confidence do what, what that show in Jacoby Brissett and on top of that Will he stay healthy the entire time? He's like a tin can at times, man. Mm, yeah. You know, that's one, of the reasons, that's one of the reasons San Francisco 49ers have made a decision to move on from him outside of Trey Lance. He never stays healthy. So, in the end, I think Jacoby Brissett is more than capable of holding things down into such due time that Deshaun Watson comes back.
2: Sounds like they're going to stand with Jacoby Brissett it does. Yeah. And I think that they knew that this lengthy suspension was coming. But do you want to make that run for Jimmy Garoppolo? You've already traded all those picks to go get Deshaun Watson. The issue that I wonder about is what, were, what would happen if something were to happen to Jacoby Brissett? Is it Josh Dobbs? Is it Josh Rosen? What are they doing there? Yeah,
8: I
1: think the cash should be noted here as well. I know NFL owners are largely billionaires, but you're paying <laughs> <comes up laughs> like $75 million this season if you acquire Jimmy Garoppolo to have he and Deshaun Watson and Jacoby Brissett. And none of them may be a guarantee for all seven. NFL Nina. Live returns tomorrow.